Welcome to the Homeschool Loftcast, a podcast presented by the Homeschool Loft in De Pere, Wisconsin. Our goal at the Loft is to encourage parents who educate their children at home and let them know that they are both called to and empowered for the task of home-based education. At the Loft itself, we offer one-on-one consultations, book clubs and discussion groups, workshops and seminars, and a curriculum viewing library. Through the Loftcast, we extend our reach to encourage and bless homeschooling parents everywhere. Now, I have actually long said that our neck of the woods, northeast Wisconsin and in and around Little Green Bay, is a secret treasure trove of homeschool experience and wisdom. And today we are joined in studio by yet another one of these local homeschooling heroes, though she wouldn't want me to call her that, (laughs) Lori Neverman. Lori and her husband homeschooled their two now adult sons, starting in the suburbs and then shifting gears when they moved out to 35 acres in the country. Using an eclectic mix of homeschooling materials and hands-on activities, Lori was able to meet the educational needs of both her boys, one with a near photographic memory, the other with dyslexia and short-term memory loss. Both boys, now adults, of course, as I said, work with Lori online and on the family homestead, maintaining their family business now. The business is called Common Sense Home, and you can find her website at commonsensehome.com, which we will also link in the episode notes. That site is an informational site focusing on self-reliance topics such as food preservation and preparedness. Welcome, Lori. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for coming in. It took me a little bit to get here, but we're good now. You don't get lost in the country, but you get lost in town. That's <laughs> okay. True. You know, we all have our strengths and weakness, weaknesses, as we were talking about earlier. That's and right. it's worth it. It's worth it to have you here. Live. And we haven't had people in the studio for a while. I was just saying that it's been Zoom for a yeah. lot of weeks. So. I told Joel, I said, babe, we need to get there and clean things up. But guess what? <laughs> Nothing was cleaned. messed up. <laughs> Laura so, lives on a homestead. There's all kinds of I stuff mean, going on out there. Right? There's no chicken she's, feathers. We're good. She's in the real, with the real city folk now. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Give us a little bit of background about yourself, your family. Um, how about before marriage? Before your children? Was there a time before marriage? No, there wasn't. Ancient history. I don't know. <laughs> well, I was born and raised in Northwest Wisconsin, and I got my undergraduate degree, degree at UW-Superior in math and physics, and then did my graduate work down in UW-Madison in mechanical engineering with an emphasis in renewable energy. After graduating with my master's, I moved to Green Bay to be with my then fiance, now husband, (laughs) and got a job working at what was back then the largest solar water heating facility in the world, and which has now been torn down. Very sad, but back then it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hated old. <laughs> We're all the same age, Lori. Yeah. Well, no, I'm we the have, youngest. We have history. It's all good, right? Yes, exactly. Life experience. We're, we're seasoned. Exactly. Yeah. We're those Titus two women. Yeah, we are, you guys. And um, then I worked at the solar place for about three years, and then left to when I was pregnant with my first son, and we were in the suburbs for nine years before we decided to sell. And Mm. we had actually always talked about moving out to the country. Mm. And then, you know, we wanted to catch it when the kids were still little. So, yeah. So yeah, that's the, the, uh, that's the super fast, the snippet version, tiny taste. (laughs) So did you homeschool from the very beginning or how did that come about in your family scheme? Well, I never intended to homeschool and I, I might've talked about famous this. last words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I might've talked about this at some time with you, but, um, my 
my elder brother had homeschooled or decided to homeschool his kids. And, and initially I thought, well, that was something that only crazy people did. Cause yeah, my brother's a bit of a loony. Love him, <laughs> but he is out there. Yeah. And um, I didn't really intend to, I mean, we work with our oldest. We were those people doing the ABCs and mm. one, two, threes from, you know, that, that first child, you know, (laughs) and so he picked up stuff just so fast. And when he started reading independently, when he was about two and a half and, and we thought at first he was just, you know, I mean, he was barely chatting by that point, you know, because toddler talk, but then the first thing I remember him reading distinctly was five teen minute parking, which he was reading the 15 minute parking lot. Side. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. my goodness. Yeah. And, and so, and then it just went from there. And wow. so we had this kid who was just soaking up information and I yeah. went and met with the local public school closest to us. And when he was around four and they're like, you know, we don't want him early. And mm. And I said, well, you know, what do I, what do I do to get them ready for school? Because everybody knows mm-hmm. you put your kids in school, you get them in the right yep. classes, you get them in the right, that's the right thing to do. Exactly. Yeah. But they said, well, you should get them in a, in a preschool Head Start type program, daycare situation and get them used to going in every single day. And so we tried that mm-hmm. and, and it just wasn't for us. And that really made me realize that no home was right for him because you know how it is with the daycares that the kids go in, they get sick, they go home, they get healthy, they go back into daycare and they get sick. And, and he just wasn't happy. I mean, and you know, I missed him and I felt horrible leaving him there and, and his little brother missed him. And, you know, when he showed up and I just, yeah. um, We decided I, I called a friend of mine who's, um, a speech pathologist and said, you know, could you test him? And so they know where he's at school level, something. And so I have something, if I go back to the schools, you know, maybe, maybe they could offer some other advice or something. And she's like, well, yeah, I could, but have you ever considered homeschooling? (laughs) Not really. But then we talked it over, thought about it. And it's like, well, school doesn't want them anyway. So why not? We've got nothing to lose. We'll, we'll just give it a try. And so we started and then it just was a good fit because we had the freedom to learn at his pace and yeah. his interest. And, and then when his younger brother started to get a little older and it became obvious once we started working with him a little bit more that he had a very different learning style mm. and it still, it just gave us the freedom to adapt to both boys and meet them where they were at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So public school was never an option for you. You didn't. Well, I I thought about it, but then after we started, um, no, it just, no. Good. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say right now that, yeah, they wouldn't take them back then, but they take them today. Right. Because more money, the earlier and younger and younger and younger. And pretty soon it's it's called 2K. 2K, guys. (laughs) That's what's coming around the bin. (sighs) That's insane. Yeah. But let me ask you about your husband. How was, what are some ways that he was involved in your boy's overall education? Well, there's just, I mean, personally, I feel that there's just a certain way that daddies connect to the boys that moms are not going to do and young daughters for that. And even girls, right. I mean, that's the mom of two girls here. It's just a different way of looking at things. And my husband also deals with dyslexia. So 
he had different ways of explaining things than maybe I would have. And so it was a little easier for me to relate to oldest son. I don't have that photographic memory. Not quite, but I, back (laughs) in the day, I could remember, I memory, wow, all the things. Now now it's a little little crowded in there, but um, he was able, that was a really important aspect of things for us is that just the, the masculine feminine contrast, you yeah, know, that's good. and, and the dyslexia. Yes. So, yeah. you know, we're, yeah. we're a team, we're partners. Yeah. I'm lucky enough to be married to my best friend and it's a very good thing. Aww. Yeah. Can, this is a side note. Can you tell our listeners the, um, the story of your husband's name and the whole family line? Cause I think it's kind of hilarious that he's like number four or something or. Uh, yeah. He's yeah. Husband is actually August William Neverman the fourth. And yes. so, yeah, we couldn't break the chain. So we do have an August William Neverman, the fifth, the fifth. I think and it's great. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And my mother-in-law does genealogy. And the, the first one who came over from Germany is actually listed in the genealogical records as farmer Neverman and like, <laughs> on a lot of the public records Yeah, because it was August Neverman, but he was also farmer, farmer Neverman. Neverman. So, yeah. That was it. Right. Wow. So, <laughs> so that's how you guys refer to, <laughs> to you at your house. No, I mean, usually it's, it's, um, well, I can't, I can't say my husband, my son's nickname because he probably wouldn't appreciate that. <laughs> but, um, typically in a group we'll do four or five because grandpa is still oh, around yes. too. Yeah. And we, yeah. So he's three. So three, but, four, five. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, that makes sense. but grandpa goes by Gus more often than not. Uh, but August, you, you'll probably either get four or five. They both respond to August. Uh, so you yeah. really don't hear that now. I don't No, carrying on the name. I do like not that. hear yeah. that hardly no, at well, all. Everybody wants to be special. Yeah. <laughs> Sell it the most crazy, get all the vowels in there and yep. one, one name. Yep. Right. Yes. The silent Q. Yeah. Pronounced as <laughs> a P. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so August the 5th, it's yeah. the one with the photographic memory yeah. and all of that. What were some of the challenges and I guess also the blessings on the flip side of dealing with a son that had that profound kind of unique learning ability? Well, one thing was just keeping him engaged. I mean, I remember when I was still reading to him instead of him, you know, just reading independently. Um, he was very finicky about what got read more, more different different, more, more. And we'd oh. go through an entire stack of books at bedtime and he, he didn't like to wind down. He still doesn't sleep that well. So mm. he just go, 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 go. And his head's constantly working, churning on things. And, and so just keeping up with them was yeah. <laughs> quite a bit and, um, mixing in different types of curriculum. I mean, we did a lot with print books as opposed to standard curriculum because, I, I tried early on and like most of us do, you, you try a lot of different things yep. and the more standardized curriculum, he was just bored out of his skull. He was like, mm. no, do we really have to do that again, mom? Uh, I don't like that. And so, yeah. yeah I that, mean, if he was reading at two and a half, yeah. you couldn't put him in the grade that matched his age. No. Right. And he was socially, he was still very much a young kid. Yeah. He's always been somewhat shy and, and uh, retiring. And so to try and, you know, each kid is an individual and he was definitely one who was academically accelerated, but still very much quiet. Not, he he wouldn't be comfortable being thrown in the middle of the pile of kids. Let's talk about some of the, because dyslexia and memory issues, Mm -hmm. let's talk about some of the, um, difficulties with that, but some of the joys as well, I bet. Well, it was, it was a shocker to me. <laughs> <You> know, <when laughs> I started, One extreme to the other almost, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. And, 
And eldest son, well, everything went so easily. This homeschooling thing's a breeze. Yeah. <laughs> he's teaching himself and yeah. he's six, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then younger son, we'd go over things and I think he'd have the concept. Then we'd pick up the books again the next day and it was like, we never did it. I'm like, oh. wait a minute. I'm like, you had this. Yeah. What happened between today and yesterday? He's like, I just don't remember, mom. But I found over time that with enough times of going through it, eventually it would be retained or if we could do something to connect it to knowledge he already had and build a scaffolding, then it was more likely to get retained. But would he ever be, you know, a spelling bee champ or a Rhodes scholar? That's not him. But on the flip side, he has this amazing perspective. He sees things and he always has in different ways. Mm -hmm. He'll just look at something and offer a fresh new perspective. And I, you know, it'll make me stop and take, see things with fresh eyes, which is great. And he is very much a people person. He's the kid that would just go up to complete strangers, start off a conversation and start telling about (laughs) the day. And and like we went fishing one time and there was a better spot on the dock, but somebody else already had it. So we were kind of off to the side and he goes up, he starts talking and, and it was an older gentleman. He really had a grumpy look on his face. Like, you know, know, kid don't go over there kind of thing. Dunk starts chatting to him and pretty soon he's smiling and Uh, (laughs) and working, you know, helping him showing with the fish. And and then when he was done, he's like, Oh, why don't you come over here and take this spot? It's better. (laughs) So yeah, he's, he's got a heart of gold. Uh, And as he's gotten older, he's also been working on developing some other gifts. He's, he's sensitive like me, but even more so to, um, sound environmental factors, things like this, very sensitive. Uh, you know, we got to be chemical free, you know, which given that I'm crunchy and it's just extra crunchy now because he can't do, <laughs> yeah. can't do the chemical cleaners and things. So oh, we okay. very much shifted that direction, but he's also very EMF sensitive. So if there's something with electronics or, you know, can't stand oh. near the microwave, things like that, but that has allowed him, he does a little bit of work with energy healing, like sound healing. Hmm. So we've got, I don't know if you're familiar with that at all. There's some specialized tuning forks and he'll actually use them. um, Well, like basically to give a person a tune up, literally tuning forks. And (laughs) he worked with one of the neighbors. She had um, a real bad bout of pneumonia and she had been on antibiotics and whatnot. And she just couldn't quite kick it out of her lungs. So he actually went over to her house and with the forks and he did a tuning session and he involved her husband and they worked through it, worked on her for about an hour. And then it finally broke the congestion in her lungs that she hadn't been able to kick for weeks. Wow. Finally just cleared out within a couple of days of the session. So it's yeah, fascinating. It's, it's, you know, he's, He's got a big heart and yeah, yeah. And he's been allowed the freedom to develop that. So Absolutely. And yeah. good with animals too. Well, when I was going to say, still- cause the other thing, when I see you post pictures on Facebook of the homestead and, and probably I know both your boys are involved, but mm-hmm. Duncan's always the one that I see running around with the ducks and things yeah. like that. And I don't know if you only photograph him, but I'm like, I well, think he must yeah. be really nature smart. And yeah, you know, he is very yeah. much so. And, and, um, five doesn't like to be in photographs. So He's, he's there, but okay. he's like, no, don't take any pictures. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like me. I would get along well with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like when the ducks needed surgery, Duncan was the one who did the surgery, not oh. me. I held the duck and, yeah. and he did, he did the fluid draw on Miss Emerald. He did the foot, the, whatever it was on the bottom of Miss Blue's foot. He, yeah. he did the surgery to remove that weird growth. Oh, and 
and everything. He, yeah, he's got the touch. He's yeah, just yeah. steady. And oh, and he sharpens knives that are <laughs> wicked sharp too. So yeah. Yeah. don't make him mad, but don't ask him to spell anything yeah. on the other hand. You guys, <laughs> I just saw a side note. <laughs> you know where the egg roll truck usually is? Now you guys would not know listeners, but here we have this egg roll truck always that's just in a parking lot that you can buy egg rolls. But guess what was there today? The knife sharpening guy. The knife he sharpening truck. Every I've never seen that. No. Yeah. yeah. This is Monday that we're taping. It is. Right. Yeah. Yep. Mondays. Right. There he was. Mondays, the knife sharpening guy is there. And on Sundays, the egg roll guys are there. <laughs> I mean, good to know. Yep. Let's give a shout out to Sal's Foods on Webster <laughs> Avenue. In we'll keep it. Deep here, we'll Wisconsin. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't want egg rolls. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I, a, it's a fast day today. So yeah. I've oh. had two boiled eggs, two mini cucumbers and a kiwi. So, See? oh my yeah. gosh. You, yeah. You need some egg rolls. <laughs> I wish I was eating an egg roll, but instead it's decaf coffee, guys. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Advice for moms and dads. This is, I mean, of all the parents, and I think this is such an issue. Um, it's bad enough. Parents have been conditioned to think that they can't educate their own children. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then when we throw into the mix, uh, children who have special needs, which I'm here to tell you, we all have special needs. We all have needs, special okay? needs, right? But yeah. But, they'll, but even that, right? Then, then that's... What advice would you have? What could you tell these moms and dads that say, I can't, they have special needs. They need special teachers <laughs> to address those special needs. The most important thing is just to be willing to put the time in. If you're willing to research, if you're willing to spend the time, if you're willing to love your child, even when they drive you crazy, <laughs> you will find a way. There are so many resources like, I don't know, homeschool law, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Len. Good plug. Have you guys heard about the homeschool loft? Yeah. <laughs> nice place. Um, and also reach out to people in your support network and let them support you. You don't have to do it all alone. Yes. And if you don't have much of a support work, support network, work on building one. Mm-hmm. Because that was the thing. And, and when you get stuck in your head and you think, I can't, there is a way, there's always a way yeah. to make her, but yeah, let people who want to help you help you. And there's ways just try different things until you find what fits. And with the two boys being so very opposite, that was really our entire homeschooling journey, which truthfully hasn't entirely stopped yet because right. especially yeah. with Duncan, I mean, he still struggles with his spelling and his grandfather also is dyslexic. So mm. yeah, it's a family thing. Yeah. And he says, I still can't spell, but Dunk's like one of these years, man. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'll be gray haired like grandpa, but I'll be able to spell. Yeah. So. Yeah. so, but he works, he uses dictation devices to help yes. him get what he's thinking yeah. down on paper. So, right. And well, that, and that's, that's the thing. Homeschooling never really ends. Never I, once no, a homeschooling yeah. parent, you always are. All of our kids are all adults we now. We still but have maps on the walls. You yeah, know? right? <laughs> yeah. We will yes. and forever will, you guys. Because <laughs> they're handy. Yeah, they that's are right. handy. And this is where we, uh, I think Charlotte Mason has written about that. It's just this whole thing of it just, it doesn't come to an end. Now she says it very eloquently, but I'm just, <laughs> let me sum it up for you. You'd, a child doesn't get to a place and all of a sudden, boom, we're done. We don't need anything else. Oh, no more oh, books. That reminds me. You say One it. of the most awesome things about homeschooling yeah. is that they don't get the Pavlovian conditioning. Ding. You must stop your train of thought. Uh, That's exactly it. Yep. The boys hated about. that yes. when we were doing 
these are all some things outside the house and group situation. Oh, time is up. You got to stop. Oh, yes. But I was in the middle of something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Pick up your books, so move to right. something. I mean, well, there's no, yeah. you that's, get to, that's, you get to choose your journey. That's right. Choose that's why adventure. homeschoolers, I think, are so good at whatever their passions are, right? Mm-hmm. Because we can let them, and parents, we shouldn't stop them from really digging in, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody's really into history, like Jenny's son, let them do that for four hours yeah. a day. And you can do the math, at the, you know, I don't know, for 20 yeah. minutes at the end. <laughs> Who cares, right? We're human <laughs> beings on the earth. Yeah. All learning until our last breath. That's it. That's the end of the story. There's all this other complications. <laughs> yeah. It's not that difficult, people. It's not. Yeah. No, I no, agree. I think when people close their minds, that's when they run into more problems. I can't. I never, I don't know anything about that. Hello, there's an internet. There's exactly. people yes. out there. Yep. Tap somebody for information. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. I just saw a meme today, something about um, why are we paying $30,000 a year to send our kids to college when there's an oh. internet right there? Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, makes sense, right? So instead of just scrolling, scrolling, yeah. scrolling, <laughs> scrolling. Yeah. Right. Oh, my goodness. Well, you so you said you wanted to get out to the country when the boys were still young enough to enjoy it. Yeah, to still be raised in the yes, country. Yes, and still be raised. Yes. So how old were they when you got out of Dodge, so to speak? Well, yeah, and, they they were little. And Duncan, yeah. I still remember. There's some pictures I should share with you. They're so yeah. cute because he was still toddler age uh-huh. when we moved out and when we were building because we actually did a fair amount of the work in the house ourselves, even though we had a general contractor. We did whatever we could to help keep the cost down a little sure. bit. Sure, yeah. So yeah. there's pictures of him. He's in a box from construction materials buried in coats like because everybody was overheating as we were working because we were putting in in-floor heat and so here's this little toddler in a pile of coats as blankets and he just you know crashed wherever taking and, a nap yeah. oh my goodness so yeah, so he they, was like a toddler so that means five was you know five years old or something like yeah, that at the time yeah. right so wow how did you even find the land and take that whole leap oh that yeah. was crazy because we had some things that we knew we wanted. We wanted to stay within reasonable driving distance of Green Bay because my husband was still working at St. Vincent Hospital back then. Mm-hmm. So he didn't want more than a half hour commute, commute. So he wasn't spending all his time on the road. Right. Yeah. Um, it's not California after all. <laughs> <laughs> right. And we also wanted good soil because I did want a garden and our place in Green Bay had this awful red clay that was so mm-hmm. difficult. After nine years, I was finally getting the soil in nice condition, but it had been an uphill fight all the way. So we were hoping for better soil Mm -hmm. and good neighbors, if at all possible, because unfortunately our neighbors in the suburbs, well, all the majority of them were not so nice. There were a few nice people, but we didn't really have all that much in common. And, um, it had to be East of green Bay, not West of green Bay. Cause he, we didn't want them driving into the sun morning and night, you know, um, for the commute. Yeah. yeah. I, I hate that. You know, the glare always. Yeah, true. So, right. All the things to the think about, thing right? Oh, you, we, we may still write a book on this yeah. at some yes. point. Cause yeah, it was just, we, yeah, we drove our realtors nuts. I mean, you're an engineer, so you're analytical. He yeah. is very analytical. And he actually, yeah. He, yeah, he, you know, even though he's in IT now, he, actually considered being an architect. So he had, he redrew the house probably over 300 times before we finally settled on a floor plan. And when we were looking at properties, we considered buying uh, a house that was already ready before we did redraw it umpteen times. Mm -hmm. We found the land, but um, we just, yeah, we, we drove all over. We looked at the MLS listings. We looked in the paper and we finally ended up finding the property 
that we bought by, we saw a sign tipped over in the ditch. Mm. <laughs> it wasn't in the MLS. Wow, it wasn't yeah. in, you know, and it's long enough ago that the online listings weren't much of anything yeah, at that exactly. point in time. Yeah. And yeah, there was a sign tipped over. I'm like, wait, wait, I think that was a for sale sign. <laughs> and it turns out they had just parceled off five acres with the original farmstead. Mm-hmm. And then they had the other 35 left behind that huh. they were selling off separately that was still buildable. And there's a young man, our neighbor, Ryan, who's just hardest working young man. And he finally got married and got himself an awfully nice woman. And that made me very oh, happy. Oh, God. And they have an adorable little boy. So that's yeah. really cool. <laughs> but he had just turned 21 and he bought the farmstead the year he turned 21. Yeah. So hard working young oh, man. Yeah. yeah. And so we called the number on the sign in the ditch. And yeah. <laughs> Rest is history. There you go. (laughs) But let me just clarify this. So prior to all of this, you, it's, you did not homestead. Well, I was raised on a dairy farm. Okay. Yeah. You were raised on there, but to have your hands in it. And I mean, all the things that you learned, I mean, did, did you feel like when you were equipped when you first began or did you feel like you were? Well, like the boys, it's been a learning experience for me too, because We did stuff in the su- in the suburbs enough to drive our neighbors kind of ratty. Yeah. Um, they no, were not- no ducks or chickens though. No, in the suburbs. no, right, we didn't right. even have yeah. animals that. Yeah. We had a big garden, mm-hmm. and that was enough to irritate them because the guy next to us on the south side he washed his rocks. I am wow. not yeah, kidding. I believe it. I believe- <laughs> stop getting the weeds between the cracks, you guys. Okay, mm. there's nothing good about it. Just let let them go. <laughs> let them would, go. He would pick them up, the big rocks out of his and landscape, wash them. and yeah, wash them, and then it. put them back. No. <laughs> You're like, we're moving. Ain't nobody got time we're, for that. You know? Bring me to the farm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So, and I was raised on a dairy farm. I'm the youngest out of six kids, but mom, you know, that was a very different lifestyle too, because of course, when you're on the farm, the cows come first and yeah. everything associated with that. And as much as mom did an awful lot of stuff mm-hmm. with six kids, it was a different dynamic. And she had certain things she did and certain things she didn't do because there's only so many hours in the day. So a lot of the time she would break yeah. bread, but sometimes she'd buy pre-made bed and that's okay. Yeah. You know, that's one thing I want to emphasize for people. You don't have to do it all. I mean, the, the website is a lot about self-reliance, but I don't want to think that people have to do it all because you generally can't. Something's there's got to be give and take. So yeah. I had that experience on the farm, but creating our new places has a different focus because we're just mainly for providing our own needs. Like yeah. we initially thought we built a coop and we're just going to have chickens. Cause you know, that's what you do on the country. You get chickens. Right. right? right. <laughs> yeah. But then we had a slug problem in the garden. Like, Oh my gosh, the slugs were insane by us. Mm. There's a swamp nearby. And I think uh, that mist likes to settle in the area. So yeah. they, they were, just chewing everything. Yeah. Uh, so I was reading a permaculture book, book and it said, well, you don't have a slug problem. You have a lack of a duck problem. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's what I need. Some ducks. Now and I know how the ducks came to be. I never knew. That, that's what it was. <laughs> okay. and, and I picked the runner ducks explicitly because they're very light. Yeah. And instead of the heavier breeds, they will smash your garden plants more. Oh. Whereas the runners, you probably seen them in the wineries or uh, rice paddies. They'll run the runners through to eat the bugs that bother <laughs> with the, the grapes or bother the rice. And so, yeah, now we do that on a small scale. And that's how our little crew came to be. Aww. And initially we had five lady or four ladies and one Drake. Mm-hmm. So 
there were eggs mostly. Now the gals are getting older, so there's not too many eggs anymore. But okay. And then we did hatch out the three babies a couple years back. And um, but uh unfortunately we got one female and two males. So now wow. the males, um, yeah, they kind of drive the ladies crazy, but you know, <laughs> Aww, they're adorable. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, it's it's a very different experience than what I grew up with. And yeah. yet it's still the same because I mean, we are on the country. We are yeah. doing for ourselves, And there's a lot of times I can think about different things that mom did in the garden and okay. Some of what I've got is the same. So I had the foundation to build on Yeah, and, but we're putting a new twist on Like how can we make things a little bit easier to manage? Like yeah. I remember her tomato patch always used to get so overgrown and because she didn't trellis them. So you're, trying to do this weird twister game in mm. between the tomato <laughs> vines to harvest. And so now we've rigged up this six foot tall trellis for tomatoes. We use it all over and it's so much easier. It keeps some tomatoes clean. They're so easy to harvest, huh. things like that. But yet I use the same type of bean trellis that she used, which is just a mesh netting. And then there's a one support across the top and the bean seed that we plant every year is actually handed down through the family. Oh. And so, yeah. you know, that works. And so that we use yeah. just the way it was. So it's building on the old, but working out. So it works best for us now. So yeah. a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Well, there are a lot of young people. Yeah. I mean, young because now, okay, you guys, we can say that. We've come to, <laughs> yeah. we've come to the age where we can you say, can we say the, younger. Younger people. <laughs> there are a lot of younger moms and dads who uh -huh. homesteading is becoming Yes. Even more, which we love to see this way, but I'm sure you meet a lot of people that are just yeah. coming to this yep. and they're little, you know, they have little families. They might the live in the suburbs or they might have, you know, aspire to what you guys have done, but yeah. they want to be crunchy and natural yeah. and yeah, exactly. But I mean, and so it's just, it's such a beautiful thing. And I personally do not live in the country and would love to, but now we just <laughs> bought the historic house and the historic area. And I should have thought it through a little bit more, but we're here and now we know you. And so <laughs> you guys, if the end of the world comes, we have our people. Let's just say that <laughs> we have our homesteading types and we're doing the best we can. So, What would you say for someone who's wanting to start out doing some of this yeah. self-reliance stuff? That mm -hmm. what, what was a good thing to start with? I think it's really important to, you know, maybe get some of those easy wins in first. Like, what are you actually good at? Like, don't try the <laughs> hardest things first that, okay. you know, like you've mentioned before that you're not really a green thumb. So right. putting in an acre garden would probably not be <laughs> yeah. a good choice for yeah. you. No, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. You know, so like what, what, what is your strength? I, and play to that. And, yeah. and also given the current, you know, state of current events, yep. right. I would highly recommend that people cover the basics in terms of pre preparedness before they focus more on necessarily the more typical homesteading aspects. Yeah. Like make sure you have enough food storage to feed your family for yeah. two weeks, a month or longer. We're because, golden there at our house. Because, you know, I right. mean, a couple you of years know. ago, they just pulled out. Well, everybody just stay in your home. Well, that's convenient for some folks, yeah, but right. <laughs> not so much for others. That's and, right. and then, of course, the ridiculous toilet paper runs. And yeah, I like, know I never understood that. The whole thing wasn't even a gastrovirus. So why are people <laughs> exactly. all upset about their toilet paper? TP. Yeah, TV panic. I don't right, know. No, but, no. So but, I'm doing something right in our, in our new house. I don't think I told you this, Jenny, in our didn't. basement, I just put up some shelves and I'm, when I go to the store, 
I'm buying extra canned vegetables Good. of like everything. Yeah, and make and just sure you a get, couple at a time. Yeah, yep. right. Get what you use. Yes, because that's, that's a right. common mistake that people yes. make. Well, I'm going to buy the 50 pound uh-huh. bag of uh-huh. stuff my family won't eat. Yep, exactly. <laughs> or you could be like the Tetzners and say, because I thought when this first began, I thought, darn it, because my parents, they've always had a pantry, just what they did, yeah, right? Yeah. That's normal. This house we moved into, guess what? There's a built-in pantry because that's what they did. It was yeah. built in, right after World War II. Yeah. And so, but here's the thing. So right when this whole thing first began, I thought, okay, this is it, people. It's getting real. We're finally doing this. Mom, I'm doing this, even though she's been telling us to do it. <laughs> so I thought, well, remember the chocolate thing, you guys, in the war, rations, chocolate especially was hard to come by. Are you so, saving chocolate? No, we we tried. Okay, we went to Costco. You it know doesn't tend to work very well. Bad, bad, it's bad in America when you eat through all of your food that you're saving in like the first week. But here's the thing. We got one of those Costco-sized um, peanut M&Ms. And my vision for this was, okay, we're going to have this. And you know what? Even if we, and I've, I'm already fast forward in the future like I can see us war torn you know we're out there <laughs> it's something to make their day like we, you could just eat half of that M&M okay <laughs> let's go back to reality the reality is I go downstairs the kids are watching a movie half half of the container of M&M's is gone <laughs> and I'm like that was for when there is war and we have, we have no chocolate. But so we're those people we ate, but no, finally we have our pantry underway. It's good. But yeah, we probably have some things like the, um, things just laying around that we used to have that no one right. really liked, but they're still in there. Like mm-hmm. the big jumbo box of fruit leather, like fruit <laughs> leather's great in the beginning, but let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it will last a really long time. And it when will. the jumbo M&Ms are gone, <laughs> there you go. You got the fruit leather. <laughs> we had M&Ms, but you ate them. It's fruit leather from here on <laughs> There you go, kids. So, so kind of back to seriousness again. Serious. Right? Yep. That's my so, job here. So, yes. so food. Like fruits and vegetables. Can, canned fruits and vegetables, well, right? Are like well, whatever your family eats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because rice has right. an amazing storage life. I mean, right. stored correctly, it's up to 30 years. So, sure. Um, sure. And just dry goods, things like that. But you do want to make sure to store it correctly because um, it really is awful when you go into your pantry and open the package of stuff and find it crawling away. The first time I ever bought wheat berries, I had that happen to me before I knew how to store them correctly. And I opened up the container like, "Ah, oh, no. And we didn't even have chickens yet to feed it to. Because they would clean that up and they would love it. Yeah. yeah, Oh, the bugs are better than the the grain. So. Um, and water, you know, so food, water, and, you know, have some water storage and a way to purify water, like a gravity filter, like the Berkey, that type of thing. Yeah, because okay. even in the city suburbs, if there's an extended power outage, yes, they have generators. They'll have time for a while, but water main breaks that's happened in, yes. you know, so like, okay, you, well, you have no water for it till we can get this fixed or yeah. you're going to have to boil water mm-hmm. for whatever. So right. make sure you have a way to get clean water. Okay. and um. Shelter, look at your house. If the power were to be out for a week, can you stay cool in the summer? Can you stay warm in the winter? If you don't have that covered, figure out a way to deal with that. You know, as best as you are able, you know, have some extra blankets. If the wood stove is an option, maybe actually get it functional or, you know, make sure it's maintained. Mm -hmm. You know, think about awnings or shade and shade trees in the summer. We were visiting friends who don't have AC on one of those 90 something degree days. That would be Jenny. And, and they we're survivors. Our house was built right after the war and it gets colder in the basement when it's yeah. hot. 
yeah. hotter it out. Yeah. Hotter yeah. It and they have these big, beautiful shade yeah. trees all around uh, their house. And the house was in the seventies inside, even yeah. though it was in the nineties outside. Same with us. And so that's just the thing. Think about this stuff. Sure. What would you do if the extended power outage yeah. came up and you know, they're, they're talking about it. Oh, pretend, get ready yes. for, you know, brownouts, yeah. blackouts, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Right. Our electric grid is, old, um, and it has not been maintained above the minimum. They've shut down a lot of different plants because Mm -hmm. government regulations Mm -hmm. uh, make it cost prohibited to keep things running. So, yeah. And, you know, transportation, think about your transportation. Would you have an option? Is there some way you can do more of your trips without relying on your vehicle, you know, as those gas prices continue to mount? I mean, this is, basic stuff. And it's not what you would typically think is homesteading, but for self-reliance, absolutely. For saving money, that's what you want to do. You want to take care of your family. You want to provide for things and health. You know, do you need some kind of prescription medication? Well, do you have a niece of that little enough of that? I'm so tongue tied tonight. (laughs) I think it was, I'd say it was a heat, but I can't blame it on that. (laughs) (laughs) It was that right. I took him around the neighborhood. That's right. It was being in the city. city. (laughs) (laughs) And um, if you have a prescription, something, can you get a little extra of your prescription in case something happens with more supply chain disruptions? Can you take steps to actively work on improving your health? Can you, are there things that you can grow? I mean, even if you can only grow a pot, there's a lot of herbs. Yeah. Herbs are really hard to kill, Tina. I, I yes. might be able to do Start herbs. Start with the huh? herbs, Tina. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like yeah. cilantro and... Cilantro or... is actually... because mm, okay. I love to, cilantro. It likes to bolt in the heat. So oh, you might have to try okay. replanting and replanting again. So okay. if, if it goes to seed on you, don't, you know, that's not okay. your failure. Right. That's just cilantro being a pain okay. in the butt. Okay. All right. So, Chives. Chives are really hard to kill. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And maybe I'll do chives. <laughs> yep. And um, get yourself a big aloe leaf or. Yeah. Aloe. Those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For because healing, you can use right? that for all the. Yeah. Lots of different things. Mm-hmm. And um, stinging nettles as, mm-hmm. as awful and scratchy as they can be. They're actually amazing for allergies. Uh, I need make- some right now, you guys. <laughs> yeah. I have the yeah. So you can do yeah. a stinging nettle tea or capsules and yeah, they, they will help. And there's just so many different things. Um, the symbol for the website is actually plantain, which is also called medicine leaf. That stuff grows yes, all everywhere over. in mm-hmm. the cracks. It is really tough to kill. And you can just smash a leaf, stick it on your bug bite, on your sting, your whatever, and it will take the burning and the itch away within minutes. Hmm. But you can also infuse it in oil, make it into a salve. So, you know, later when you get sunburned because you you know, didn't cover up or put on your sunblock or whatever, you can slather it over a large area. Or if you happen to be working in the garden and decide not to go in when all the mosquitoes come out and your entire backside gets <laughs> yeah. chewed on, you can mass apply that salve yeah. and take care of that. Are you speaking from experience, Lori? <laughs> Possibly. Because it's like, I can, I can finish this bed. I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's such a simple thing. There are so many wild plants that are just waiting there to be used as food and medicine. And they're really hard to kill. So yeah. if you have a brown thumb, they'll still be there for you. So just thinking about the basics is a really good place to people for people to start. But then, yeah. you know, cooking at home, if you're used to eating out more, mm-hmm. preserving food, if, you know, 
Okay. Maybe you can grow your food. Maybe you can't, but maybe you're comfortable checking into preserving food, you know, doing some yeah. drying or some canning or just stock in the freezer. Like you go down the super or um, the farmer's market or the supermarket and they've got a great deal on whatever. Yeah. Buy yeah. a little extra and process that. There's a lot of different paths to take depending on your skills and interests. Um, you know, repair work mm -hmm. instead of taking everything into a mechanic or something, you know, maybe there are some things like small engine repair, like if the mower needs a little maintenance mm -hmm. instead of farming out to somebody else, maybe that's something that you can tackle kids or tech kids could tackle as a homeschooling curriculum thing Yeah, in the kitchen. Of course, all the cooking and preserving that's measuring that's fractions. Yeah. That's, you know, following directions. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a lot of options, but mm -hmm. just keep it simple. Don't, bite off too much because that's the main that, people. That's the first go-to I think yeah. with everybody, you know, just with the moms and I sometimes on our Tuesdays, uh, lofty readers, this last group that I had, it was funny because even though we were reading a book, we just ended up sitting around talking about it. It, it turned out to everybody take a picture of what's in your pantry. <laughs> <laughs> but, but here's the thing. We do go big right away, mm -hmm. right? Because we, everybody wants. vision. Yes. The like, vision. Uh, and then it gets overwhelming. Yep. Like, I'm going to need one of those big mass jumbo dryer. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to use like the a, basic one, you know, that you do beef you, jerky with. But. Oh, like an Excalibur, yeah. one of those big nitrates? Yeah. <laughs> I mean. I have one. Yeah, I know. Nice. <laughs> See, here's the thing. But we we don't have to let this overwhelm us because I love that you started with those basics because that that appeases my mind in yeah. the sense of um, you're right. We don't have an air conditioner, right? And so for for me, just telling the kids that, listen, we're going to survive and it's better because we're going to be conditioned. Whereas these other people are, mm -hmm. we don't we don't have a microwave. Our yard because it's so shady, mm -hmm. we could probably use one of those push mower things. Yeah, Hardly any grass. It's, yeah, you know? it's not going to be. We that have one. Lawn. You could have it because our yard is bigger now, so we don't. But yeah, Jeff exactly. at our old house used the push mower. Uh -huh. So a lot of people do in that yeah. area because and their yards aren't huge, right. but because of the shade. But yeah, all those things. Mm -hmm. Our son moved out. We got in a car accident. Our son oh. moved out. So that's two cars gone and we're down to the one. <laughs> and so, boom, you guys, we're doing it. See, I'm already a step ahead in this there game. You go. Just like that. Just need to move <laughs> to the country. And <laughs> well, I think, you know, homeschoolers who have been homeschooling for a while, it kind of goes hand in hand because you've yes. already been trying to figure stuff out and working yeah. with what you got. So sure. you just take that step in a different direction. Yep. yep. The simplicity of Well, it. and the cool thing is your website has all these kind of tips on there, right? I mean, they yeah. start with simple, basic. Yeah, and then, we really, yeah. we we run the, the spectrum of where you're at in terms of homesteading or preparedness. Because if I were to only say, well, if you don't have X, Y, Z, you're not really into this. I'm like, no, mm, just do whatever good. you can. Yeah. It's better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. start something. So yeah. how did the website come to be after you'd been homesteading and everything? Like, how did that all come to be a part of it? Well, all my friends were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start a website. Yeah. Well, kind of, right? Kind of, yeah. yes. Because back when August lost his job at the hospital that we thought was going to be the forever job mm -hmm. and whatnot, well, then he was out of work for a year doing, well, I shouldn't say out of work, but out of full-time stable position. That yeah. would have been greatly reassuring. He was just right. doing odd consulting jobs here, there, everywhere and keeping pay the bills. And um, just as an outlet, I started writing during that time because yeah, a lot of friends started like, you should write something too. Like, how am I going to tell people? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so I started writing a little bit and then 
Um, I was originally Blogspot blog and just, yeah. you know, it was more typical old school blog, just sharing what we were doing in our day. Yeah, we harvested this. We did that. Here's how you make jelly, yada, yada. And then over time, it it just grew as we were doing more and more things. And yeah. then I noticed it was actually getting some traffic and people were coming and I'm like, what? Whoa, huh? People yeah. are reading this. <laughs> yeah. And, and then in two, 2012, I actually moved to the current URL with the Common Sense Home and away from the blog spot. And then it just kept growing organically. And now, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a thing, but it's a thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and now it is really more of a business because yeah. my sons do work with me. Eldest son does more of the tech support, like the blog maintenance, the all the software, yada, yada. And, um, is which is never ending video yes. recording, maintenance and editing. And, and, um, Dunk is more hands-on and he'll go happily go in front of the camera, do the demos and things like this. And, yeah, yeah. uh, does some of the social stuff too, a little right. bit and with like pinning and, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. But and it's written a couple articles, one of which is waiting for me to edit, but, um, <laughs> but it, just evolved. And now, you know, we've had over 62 million visitors from 223 countries, which is wow. just bizarre to me. Like yeah. here I am out in the middle of just, yeah. nowhere. Living your life. Yeah. 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 But like you said, more people are getting curious. They're jumping in and like, what do I do? And, and I always want to keep things authentic is, you know, yes, we do use research, but most of the stuff, yeah, I do my own stunts. So <laughs> if, if, if we've tried this and it's awful, we will say, yeah, we tried this and it's awful. Or, eh, you know, like maybe we did something wrong. But yeah. And so I try to give it, make it real as opposed to just some folks where, you know, they got the tight pants and the perfect hair and perfect makeup. And then they're showing how, yeah, I just oh, yeah, cleaned yeah. out the pig yep. pen. Uh-huh. Like, right. Really? Yeah. My pigs didn't require me yeah. to dress up. But. <laughs> it's like the skinny cooker. <laughs> exactly. It's like, yeah, well, well but, but a lot of, there is a certain demographic that really wants that. They want the yeah. dream, not yeah, the reality. Exactly. So, uh -huh. well, yeah. but the reality is it. So, but you have written a book as well. Cause I own it. Yeah. I yes. did do a red book, but, yeah. cause, mm -hmm. but that was, um, you know, my mom loved to bake. We had a family catering business back in the day yeah. and that was how she shared. That was how she loved, you know, show the way she loved and, you know, walk in and like there's baked goods and a cup yes. of coffee in front of you and five minutes flat. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. yeah. So her, your, your bread book is available on the website. Yeah. Still, right. Yeah. And yeah. that's dedicated yeah. to mom. And yeah, it's, it's um, common sense home.com slash bread book. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But if you just type in bread book and search, it'll pop it'll you right, right there. there. So, yeah. And yeah, so that was trying to just get people who maybe aren't comfortable baking, just keep, really simple recipes, stuff I grew up with, stuff that is really hard to screw up <laughs> and just let people get started with it. Yeah. So. Yeah. You got it. Like, like you said, you have to start somewhere, right? Yep. So start there. So are there other books in the works? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I really don't. When you've re recently written a book, you know how much work goes into it. And so with maintaining the website and yeah. the, the never ending extremist questions associated with that and Maybe I won't say no, but yeah. I'm not right at the moment. Cause I do have, I did document what I did when I was dealing with my psoriasis. So that's how yeah. ebook format. And that can also be obtained print order, the psoriasis healing book. Okay. Which, you know, knock on wood six years now. And yeah, you still have no clear. psoriasis. Wow. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah. that, 
you know, was a major thing for me. And then we've got greenhouse, how we did that foundation for the greenhouse. That's an ebook only thing, you know, so that they can build a greenhouse and still plant in the dirt because typically the plants for the greenhouse. Yeah. You pour a slab and then you smack it down on the slab. And it's like, well, I wanted to plant the dirt. (laughs) So we figured that out and documented that. And so that's available, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I have been approached by various publishing companies over the years, but it's like, okay, so I can put that much effort into it. And then, you know, it's a one-time payment and then they're on their way. And it's like, well, maybe I won't say no, but just right now there's so much going on that I just feel like this is a better use of my time meeting people where they are online. But did we talk about this thing where, um, so Curriculum. I'm going to say the word curriculum That's here. Okay. You can do that. I'm wondering because <laughs> this is another thing where I see so many moms are coming to finally this understanding that it's not all about this boxed curriculum. It is about doing life. Mm-hmm. And I think because the way the world has kind of shifted, mm-hmm. it's, it's coming up. We're seeing this tip of the iceberg of, Hey, maybe, maybe it's wrong, right? Maybe we don't just need to do math or phonics. Maybe there's more to this whole thing. And it's called, can you plant green beans or can you sew a button or can you do these things? And, um, and so it's, that's wonderful. So did you use curriculum? We did some, not as much as I had. I, when I first started to homeschool, I had that vision of, um, you know, we were going to learn Latin and we were going to do this and we were going to, yeah. And then first son, it, it went a little smoother and, and he, we actually did some Latin work and so forth. And then second son was like, oh my gosh, wow. Um, then that things had to change yeah. and adapt and make it work. And math, we did use teaching textbooks because uh, that mm-hmm. worked really well for both boys because the one could just plow through it independently. The other one had had enough examples and repetition that I could work with Dunk and um, get him comfortable with the concepts. It was just parceled out really nicely. So it wasn't too overwhelming. Um, When they were littler, we did some spelling workbooks and things like this, you know, like practicing where their ABCs, like the workbook, we used a lot more of the workbooky type things when they were younger. And then as they got older, we shifted towards regular books more. And then we just discussed things and, you know, so we didn't typically do standard textbooks as I got older. Yeah. It was more life learning or you want to learn about a topic. Well, we're going to get a real book on that topic yeah, as exactly. opposed to some crunched down version yes. of that topic. Yeah. So, right. And, and why do we have to do a pencil and paper test when we, you can just talk to me about yeah. what you yeah. learned? And what do you think yeah. that means? Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. then they can explain it so much more than yeah. responding to that dry question. Or that, just checking a box. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Do you have a lot of uh, homeschoolers that approach you on, you Not know, too much anymore. There was more when we were actively homeschooling, but now I, I actually pulled a little bit of homeschooling content off the site that I had. And if somebody contacts me, I actually send them your guys direction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like these people are still actively yeah, working sure. with all the latest and greatest as far as yeah. my, my stuff is a little dated. So yeah. they'll help you out. Right. <laughs> so. Wow. Well, I know that you have definitely spoken into so many um, moms that are coming to this because this is, they're passionate and a lot of them are not, you know, they're wanting to take that more wild and free approach, which is hands-on doing life with your kiddos, 
being out in nature, reading good books. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Getting out in nature. And, but they're all coming, starting farmsteads, a lot of them. Yeah. And, um, so this'll be a well listened to when I just know it. Is it, are there any parting thoughts that you would share with if you, this was the final thing right here, what will you leave our listeners with? Oh, fear not. I'm with you. (laughs) That's good. It's, it's really, we're all going to be afraid at some point or another, but you're not doing it alone. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, good people like you folks out there. There's people who've made the journey already. Reach out. It's a community and you're ready to homeschool be a part of that community and, and don't bite off too much, just a little bit at a time and it'll all come together. That's that middle part. I, my favorite cartoon, I don't know if you've seen it. There's two scientists looking at a blackboard and they've got equations on one side and then they've got equations on the other side. And then in the middle it says, and then a miracle happens. <laughs> I love it. That's my absolute That's favorite. So you're like, sometimes you're just stuck in that middle. Yeah, right. <laughs> but again, it all works out okay. Yeah, it so, really does. It, it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love that uh, not biting off more than you can chew. Because I think uh, we're, we all do that. We mm-hmm. see the big picture and we want the end result. So we just we're do on, we're on social it. media and we see, oh, well, that yes. family did exactly. blah, blah, blah. Like, honey, we need some goats. I mean, <laughs> learn, learn how to mow the lawn first or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moms and dads, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today on your very busy day. So what are you going to take away from this? I think that let's, let's start with, take the advice that Lori said, start, start small, take those steps to just begin, even just getting to know your kiddos. That would be the first thing. And, but get a pen and pencil, write down some of the things that she said, because I know this kind of goes fast. You have so much thrown at you. Um, But at the end of the day, you are the very best model of learning for your children. You always have been, and you always will be. 